0: With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad Podcast. All right, guys, we have got a cool review of the week. This one is actually from Audible, so podcasts are now on Audible, so if you've got an Audible subscription, you can review us on that site. We've only got one review there, so you can be number two. Kind of funny. There's a guy I know. <laughs> And he says, I am number two. That's his slogan. So Jesus is one, he's two. So here's the review for the week. It is the title, Jason Kept It Real. Great to hear Jason speaking the truth of what really matters in the world. Hard to believe how fast the time flew by listening to it. So that one was episode 10. That was Jason Angelette on the journey of a Christian dad. And oh my goodness, that one was. just thinking back to that one, that one was bone chilling. So his wife had died, I think in October, if I remember right, it might've been August. And I think we recorded the interview in January or February. And the topic is faith and marriage, his business. And his wife was a faith as a franchise. So like I was intimidated engaging in any conversation with him because I knew his wife was going to come up and I didn't know what we'd talk about. But anyway, that one's been the most downloaded episode we've had so far by far. People love that episode. And Jason is just a living saint is how I heard somebody describe him. So if you haven't checked out episode 10, I'd highly recommend it. And now on with the show. So we are here with Eric Nevins. Eric, I'm so excited to do this with you today, known you for quite some time. Kind of digitally, and we've been on some uh, Zoom rooms together. Eric Nevins has a podcast. It's called Halfway There. But how we got connected is he runs the Christian Podcaster Association. So I'm just super fired up to have you with us today, learn your insights that you've learned over the years, and then to just recognize and appreciate you for stepping into something, building a community, and sharing and teaching others. How to grow the podcasting world and share their message with the world. So you're just such an encourager to others, helping grow a community, helping grow them. And then also sharing your knowledge that you've learned over the years so generously. So thank you, Eric.
1: Yeah. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to be here, Dan.
0: Absolutely. I only invite Cardinals fans on the show.
1: Yes. That's the spirit. Because <laughs> the last thing you want is to get a Cubs fan on here, right?
0: Oh, that's God. right. That's right. I don't I think we've had a Cubs fan on yet, but no, that's, that's not yeah, that true. Works. We allow any baseball fans, any, anybody. So if you got a great message and uh, and a story, we're, we're glad to have yeah. you. But I lived in Chicago
1: for seven years. It was so fun. Such a great rivalry. We had a great time. Definitely saw some interesting things down there at Wrigley Field. But oh my goodness. Yes. I remember uh,
0: I've gone up there and yeah, yeah, just being down by Wrigleyville. There's uh, there's a story every
1: five feet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I won't share the, the worst one with your listeners. They don't need to hear it, but uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it was definitely strange, but we also saw some great things on the field. Like we were there in 98. You saw, I can't remember. I think it was like home runs number forty, uh, six and 47 for Maguire and, and Sosa hit 46 or something. So oh wow, we see some cool things, but yeah, uh, it's okay. We'll, we'll let the Cubs fans off the hook. They, they had a, they've had it hard.
0: Yes, they have. They have. They got that one year that they still talk about, but
1: <laughs> love that.
0: All right. You know, we talk a little sports and baseball and stuff, trying to just keep things real. You know, sometimes we can get real holy, drift away from things. So wherever this conversation goes, it's God blessed and we can talk about whatever whatever comes up. But I'd like to hear a little bit about how you uh, stepped into podcasting and what got, what got you that direction? Like where's your spiritual journey been going and what was the trigger for you to step out and say something in a microphone and hit the, hit the release button?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I was completely miserable in about 2014 and 15. (laughs) How how old were you then? Oh, I was, I guess, late thirties,
0: late thirties. Okay. There's a theme to to mid to late thirties, but go on.
1: Well, I think so, because I, I know for me, so the backstory to that is I spent about nine years trying to be a pastor, and I got my undergrad in biblical studies, and then I went to seminary, I dropped out, it took me nine years to get a three-year degree. I don't, it's a long story, but I dropped out, took a three-year break, and I couldn't shake this feeling that I really needed to, to go back and just finish that Master of Divinity, so I did, and that is what brought us out to Denver, actually, where we, where we live now. Went to Denver Seminary, and they had a program in spiritual formation. And I just liked the way um, the school that I went to before was just really kind of heady. Great place, a lot of good people, but it just didn't resonate with me. Plus, I had a whole bunch of other things going on personally in our family and stuff that I was trying to process. So when I went back, I really wanted something to focus on spiritual formation. And Denver has a really great spiritual formation program as part of your end div. You get credits for it. Uh, but then also I got an emphasis in spiritual formation as part of my degree. And that's because that was really the question I always had was, how do we grow as, as a Christian? When I graduated, though, I graduated at the kind of bottom of the downturn in 2009. yeah. And there weren't any jobs. And there, certainly nobody was going to take a risk on a, on a guy who's spent his last few years in the financial world when they could just get other pastors from other churches that have experience. I know other people in my class had that kind of same experience, but I thought it was me. And so I was really discouraged for a long time working in the financial world, not where I wanted to be. I felt every day that I went in the little piece of my soul died because I didn't feel like I belonged there. I discovered blogging. I started blogging a little bit quickly found I didn't have anything to say <laughs> about, about my topic. Um, I tried some other things and in 20, I don't think it was 2013, 2014, I rediscovered podcasting and podcasting was kind of going through a resurgence, right? Like it was, so it had kind of come out in 2008 and nine, and then it was kind of like a big deal and then kind of waned. And then like you had people like Serial and John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire, things like that, that kind of helped it start to Ignite again, if I can use John Lee's phrase. That's how I discovered it. And I kind of changed jobs where instead of waiting for a phone call, reading blogs, I had to work. (laughs) So I would sit in my cube and I would listen. And I would do things like listen to 40 hour audiobooks about, you know, George Washington, or I would listen to podcasts. And I just eventually was like, I really still want to contribute to this spiritual formation conversation that I care about so much. What could I do? And so started asking myself that question. And slowly over the next couple of years, I developed this idea of doing a podcast about the Christian spiritual journey, but not from the perspective of me telling people what it's like, but from the perspective of me asking other people what their journey has been like and demonstrating all the stages of the journey through other people's stories. You've had some experience with this journey. So that's why the name yeah. is the journey of a Christian dad, because you're never quite there. No, you're not. And so um, I named my show halfway there, which I always tell people it's two parts. It's one part, half tip to Bon Jovi, because everybody knows living on a prayer. Yes. And uh, at least us older folks, <laughs> too. I guess I'm getting to that category. Uh, but there's also part of that, just like you said, with the journey where, you know, I think it was my third guest, my buddy, Bill Brown. He's, he goes, I don't think we're ever going to stop learning you can't exhaust the knowledge of an infinite God. And I went, whoa. And that was one of my first times when I realized how much I was going to learn by podcasting and by asking my friends and people these really, really personal questions about their life and kind of how, how it went. And, uh, and I have, I've really learned a lot of her. I actually just hit my five-year anniversary of podcasting. It's pretty cool. So it's funny you mentioned Bon Jovi. When I looked your podcast up for the first time, yeah.
0: Like, I don't remember looking up Bon Jovi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Halfway there is, you know, obviously that's, it's kind of his probably most famous song living on a prayer, but I actually really love Bon Jovi. And I, I don't admit that all the time, but uh, I just, for, you know, two reasons. Number one, you look at like a lot of his contemporaries, their contemporaries, they didn't make it right. They're, they're, they're playing in much smaller venues than Bon Jovi still is like backing out arenas. And there's a reason for that. I think it's because they went more positive than, than, than raunchy. Like yeah, yeah. early, you know, nineties, like right. '80s kind of stuff. And um, they've continued to produce good music by and large. And uh, I think the the message that they've always had is about faith, about believing in yourself and God and getting yourself up and doing it. And I think that matters. And so that always has resonated with me. And so anyway, that's, that's, it's one, a little piece of my personality in the, in the title of the show that most people don't catch, but I love it. Ah, there we go.
0: Well, that, that answers the question of why Bon Jovi popped up first. And I thought I was on, <laughs> on like the music channel or something and not the yeah. podcast channel, but pretty funny, pretty funny. So you get to interview all kinds of people on your podcast and you've been doing this for five years now. Uh, what's been some lessons that you've learned since you've been able to ask these questions
1: about their journey? Oh man. Well, there's, there's a lot of them. One of them is, uh, and this is part of what I set out to do. It's that the the dark night of the soul or whatever the spiritual desert, whatever you want to call it is absolutely an ordinary piece of the Christian journey. You know, I grew up where uh, the Christian testimony was always my life was terrible. And then I met Jesus. And now my life is great. And that was the template, right? Mm-hmm. Which is true and wonderful, except for all the other things that happen on the journey, right? <laughs> like there's more that, that, that goes on and in fact the desert uh, the spiritual desert is part of a documented uh, piece that I think believers in God have struggled with literally forever so we can go back through some of the saints in church history or go to the bible and read some psalms right read habakkuk this is why i talk about habakkuk a lot because he's he's going through a little dark now of the soul and he finally says hey i'm going to sit down and I'm going to wait and see what kind of response god's going to give me to this complaint and he waits. And we don't know how long he waited, but he did. And he And he gives us this really great example of, okay, I have this problem. I'm mad at God. I want to go back. I'm going to go ask him about it. And he goes back and forth, back and forth with God until he reaches a place of worship. And I think that's normal. And so that's one thing I've learned by hearing people go through that. Um, definitely. I think that's powerful. I think we need to support people. I've also learned um, I think most of our evangelical churches are only able to take us so far in the journey because of the way they're structured. And that's that's disturbing to me. It's kind of one of those things that I contemplate a lot um, because I don't think we're really able to take people into those further sections of the journey because um, it doesn't scale. And so that's that's an interesting, an interesting piece for me as well that causes a little consternation in my family, you know. Uh when I'm like I don't know, I don't you know, I'm struggling with church right now. Like I love my church, I love my people, but I just I'm tired of the show, you know. So that's kind of Okay,
0: okay. At. So th- this is a topic uh I was I was just on another guy's po- podcast and he was asking me about church services and Yeah. He didn't reference specifically the show, but that that one So from your
1: perspective, what is it about the show you don't like? Oh, man. Well, I'm at this place right now where I am just tired of being manipulated. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's so much in our, even our services where, okay, we're going to give you three songs or four songs, and they're designed to make you emotional, right? Yeah. We're going to try to get you into this emotional place. And, And don't get me wrong. I have nothing against emotions. I'm an emotional guy. I like that. And there've been times in my life where I really need that as a, as an expression. Um, But I don't want to be manipulated. And some of these, some of these things that we talk about and that we um, the ways that we put things, like I get that sin exists, but I'm in Jesus brother. Like I, and that means something. That means that I, as a human being have God inside of me, right? I am Like he lives, he, he has empowered me to do something. Mm -hmm. So that matters. And you look at the way Paul constantly is reminding his churches. This is who you are. This is who you're not that you're this. Uh, And not usually you are a sinner. It's you were a sinner, right? You were a, you, you were, you know, all these terrible things, but now you're in Jesus and now you're something else. And so I'm really looking for something where, uh, instead of telling me that I'm a a terrible you know sinner who's like i'll always need jesus but that's not where we are anymore i want to be we are empowered and we have the holy spirit and he he can do whatever he wants right so let's let's do that and let's ask let's ask for those kinds of things um i also just i just don't feel like i ever need to hear another sermon in my life like i don't (laughs) that's a strong way of putting it but i'm just kind of over over that um you know, I've done plenty of Bible study. It's not that I don't think the Bible's important, but I'd much rather have a conversation. That's kind of where I am now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I personally love the sermons or homilies or whatever, where the yeah. pastor's just talking about something real that happened and relating a story into something that helps you in everyday life. Right.
1: Well, I, cause I think it is like, I, I I would love to see, and someday I'm going to try this and we'll see. And I know I'm not the first person to come up with this. The whole, um, what was that movement? Uh, I forget what, was, what they called it in the early 2000s was kind of about this. Um, but I would much rather see a conversation. If we think about it in terms of what's our goal here, you know, mm-hmm. is our goal to, to teach people. The, the reality is if we're doing a 45 minute sermon It's basically a lecture trying to teach people something about scripture, about themselves, and to make them do something, you know, Mm -hmm. application at the end. We don't learn that way anymore, right? We Most, even, even in academia, that's not what they're doing anymore. They're doing group projects. They're doing discussions. They're getting people, okay, do the reading, and now let's talk about it. And this is how, and we're finding that that's how people actually learn, and the church is just 500 years behind. Well, okay, we've got to figure that out and, and make an adjustment. We need people are craving experiences. Sky Jatani, if you know him, he has a great article from 2019 called The Case Against Sermon-Centric Sundays. And he argues that uh, we actually should go more toward a, we can call it traditional, you can call it Roman Catholic um, version of our service where we center it around the Eucharist, around the Lord's Supper. Because that's an experience you can't have online, right? I can get a ton right. of great sermons. I can get a ton of great audio content that will teach me something. I can't get that. I can't get the community. And that, I think, is really the heart of the, of the church. That's, that's kind of where I am.
0: Yeah, I've heard guys talk about, and rather than say that, I'll, I'll ask you a question. What do you think about men as the spiritual leader of the family, You mentioned the 45-minute sermon, so I'll use that as the reference. So the man, does he grab the keys and say, come on, let's go. I'm ready to go listen to the 45-minute sermon and sit in the chair until I'm told that I can get up. Or do you think that's a detriment for men?
1: Yeah, well, I do think it's a detriment. I I think that whole – this is one place I've moved probably in my time being a podcaster – Um, because I no longer subscribe to a sort of complementarian view of, of the world where the man has to take, take the lead. And so I hope that's not a, not a problem, but (laughs) I'll I'll tell you why, because it it really, it broke kind of when I realized in Ephesians five, what is actually happening there. Um, it's a short version. If you look, there's, there's a verse that says, submit to one another. Yeah. And then there's a verse that says, women submit to your husbands. Yeah. The problem is in Greek, the word submit doesn't appear there. It's, it's not actually in the Greek. You can go look at it. It's not, It does it's not there. It's implied and therefore it's borrowed from the previous verse, which means it's thematically dependent on the previous verse, right? Right. The point of the section isn't to set, to set out gender roles. The point of the section is to say, submit to one another. This is what it looks like. Women, wives, this is how this looks for you. Husbands, this is how it looks for you. Children, slaves, this is how it looks for you to submit to one another. And so I've taken a much more complementarian uh, or I guess it would be egalitarian uh, view of of like we complement each other. And the way that looks in my marriage is actually my wife is probably the more natural leader between the two of us. And because early on we tried to fit that sort of model where I would be, I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to, we're going to do the Bible study. We're going to do the, we're going to, you know, I'm going to lead it. And then she would be like, no, we're not doing it that way or whatever. Not always, but she would, or right. she would like, well, we need to do it this way. Or she would have her own input because she's a person and she's, she's a, her own individual agency. And then I would feel frustrated. Like I can't lead because she, because she's not following. Right. That's, that's hard. And what I really wanted was a mutual experience where we both show up. We both are committed to, to this thing. We both take into account how we each feel about it. And then we do it together. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm much more on the mutual submission kind of side mm-hmm. where I would like to see that. I want my wife to flourish and thrive in Christ and who he's made her to be as much as I want her to then support me in doing that as well. And she does that really well. So
0: going back, oh, five years, 10 years, whatever it was and your, your marriage and you're trying to be the leader. I'll ask you a a little bit different question between you and your wife. Who's the visionary? Who's the one that sees the long
1: game? Well, that's me. I would see the long game. Yeah. So I tend to be the one who's like, what if if we did this? You're like, so a great example is when we bought our house. Uh, I was, so it was still kind of 2010 housing prices were still kind of down. And I was like, look, hon, I think we can do this. We've got some, some money we can, we can put into our down payment. I think if we find the right deal, we can, we can make it happen. And we looked and it took me a while, but I had to like, just to say, tell her, Hey, let's go look at these houses. Let's go look. We had a friend who was a realtor. And finally, once we started to look at them, she, she got on board like yeah okay I think that is that is a good idea but it was her that figured out how to get it done right whether with financially and with the realtor and we looked for a year and she found a house that she really liked and that she saw potential in Mm -hmm. even though it was kind of it was a short sale and there were there were issues Um, but we figured it out right and so I had to kind of be willing to say come on let's go let's let's do this this is okay and then she was able to make it happen once she had that vision.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm hearing you, that vision, that's the leader. Yeah. Right. Here's the big picture. Here's the long game. Let's work on how to get there. Yeah. And your wife then submits or doesn't submit, but she goes, oh, I like that. bit. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And if it's detrimental or against the word of God, or that's our job to say, or figure out how to say, how to direct, how to guard, how to protect and how to lead to the kingdom, as opposed to us sitting in the back seat, watching our wives run the show, which is what we can do. I was just talking to a guest and he's like, when guys feel guilty, when guys make a mistake, when guys have big sin, they just go in the corner and wait, right? because they don't feel fit to lead. They don't feel that they just don't feel it. And, uh, it's easier to go sit in the corner than it is to step up and lead.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah, definitely. I can, I can see where that would happen. I think it just depends on, on kind of who you are too. I think there's a lot of personality issues around that too, that don't always get taken into consideration.
0: I was talking to a guy the other day and he's like, me and my wife got it. I'm the head. She's, she's next. And she knows she's my number one and my kids are my number two. And he goes, I finally had a conversation with her the other day. And the other day may have been years ago, but he says, honey, you're not number one anymore. I've been telling you that for a long time and it just wasn't true. And I don't know why I ever said that. Yeah. She looks at him like, what are you talking about? She's a pretty prominent attorney and she's pretty important in everything. And she's like, what's going on? (sighs) He goes, I need to reframe that. If we're equally yoked and the head of us is Christ, yep. Christ has got to be number one, and you are my number two. I'm not telling you that you've got, you know, he didn't say this, but you know, it's not like you have a choice as to if you get to be one or two. Right. But I've made a mistake. I apologize. And you are now my number two. And she's like, cool. That makes sense. Let's do this. And they both kind of rallied behind that, even though they were for Christ anyway, it just took that to a different shift for them and improved their family.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. I'm still wrestling with some of that stuff because I just think we don't like the language. Let me put it this way. I don't like the language of putting ourselves last. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think there's there's value to that, I guess. I, I think I know what we're trying to communicate with that. But I also think developing yourself is really important as well, right? Finding yourself. So I have on this whole, I love the spiritual journey. I, I break it down into four stages. There's nuance to all of it, right? But so it's like finding or meeting Jesus. I call it the, like four journeys, right? The journey of meeting Jesus, the journey of learning the way of Jesus, the journey of finding yourself in Jesus, and then the journey of loving like Jesus. And so in that season of finding yourself in Christ, I think it's really important. Like you have to know who you are, right? That We're back to that identity piece. I think it matters so much. Now it is definitely, you're in submission to the Lord, right? But he gets to define who you are and you have to accept that and you have to embrace it. And you have to, you have to become that and let all the other things come off. That's why we go through the desert, right? Because all, that's where he strips away all those all those things that we were trying to be that we were trying to do that that people told us we should be and we should do that really are right for them but not for you and that's okay which which is yeah that goes into a whole bunch of stuff but that's where i think it's important i think i think the the idea of having a self is really really valuable and it's gotten a little bit of a bad rap among particularly evangelicals so i kind of poke on that whenever i can yeah
0: yeah had a uh, had a guy on the other day He's got a podcast called the MFCEO podcast gets millions of downloads wow. you know all that stuff good for him <laughs> he was a uh, he was a pastor in a former life and he wrote a book called Sacred Drive and he was kind of talking about that like yeah. is it about self or is it about god is it about others and he's like it's really both it's really uh, you know working on yourself and working with god yes
1: i love that that with that whole concept of with I think really revolutionized my understanding of, of all of that and what we're trying, supposed to do. Um, again, Sky Jitani again. If you haven't had him, you should totally try to get him. Because he's really good. <laughs> uh, Spell his
0: name for me. I'm like, who? I'm
1: hearing you say it. But it's, it's Sky, S-K-Y-E, and then last name J-E-T-H-A-N-I. He's on the Holy Post with Phil Vischer. Um, so okay. you can go, go listen to some of his interviews. You'll see what I mean. But he wrote a book called With. And he goes through, basically, it's just through the prepositions, right? And he's like, look, so many of us try to live our lives for God. We try to live Mm -hmm. over God. We try to live under God. But what God asks us to do is to live with him, Mm -hmm. right? That is a whole different ballgame because it means that not that you don't matter, right? It means that you matter and God matters and you both, you go together. And that, you know, so like... I don't know when you were a kid, did you, were you ever like afraid to, I don't, maybe your mission. I don't know. I don't know enough about you, but like, I was always afraid when, you know, the missionaries would come and I'd be like, oh no, God is going to call me to Africa. I don't like snakes or whatever. Right. Like I'm, yeah. (laughs) Go right to the snakes. I don't like snakes. I'm interested. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I was afraid I was going to ask me to do something that I didn't want to do. And And I think we all are. Yeah. Right. It turns out like maybe, but most of the time when God asks us to do something, it's something he's already put in our hearts, right? It's something that's in here. So like when I decided to quit my job and I would not recommend to anybody to do it the way I did, if I were smarter, I would have done it now than rather than three years ago when I did, but who knows? I was driving to work one day. And like I said, I, might, I was, it was every day was like, I just, I was angry about having to go. I just felt like a little piece of my soul died and I was mad about it. And I was praying. I was like, God, what am I going to do? What should I do? You know, that kind of prayer. Yeah. And I, and he said to me a handful of times that I've actually, I feel like he's actually spoken to me audibly. And he said, I think you know what to do. Right. And I went, Oh, I do. I need to get out of here. Like, I just can't stay here. This is not good for me. And so we start, started to put into plan into motion a plan to get enough money into the bank so that I could quit and have a couple years where I could figure it out, right? And that's what I did. But that wasn't about just God. That was about the thing He would already put into my heart to do, and that I've been dreaming about. It's like, okay, I have to go do it. And you know what? Like I said, I wish I would have had a better business model going already. That would have been a good idea. But I, so I spent a couple of years trying to bounce bounce around try some things do some things figuring out okay what do i want to do i clarified a lot of stuff and now i've got a business that i really love and i get to serve people and i realized this is this makes me i just love this part i realized that what i'm actually doing is what i always wanted to do of helping make disciples help people as they discover their voice with podcasting as they discover more about the message god has given them and they share it literally around the world with podcasting i'm helping them make disciples and helping them become disciples, which is what I always wanted to do when I wanted to be a pastor. And so God really led me exactly where he wanted me to be through a lot of hard stuff that I didn't understand. And I was, I was upset about, uh, but here we are. And I couldn't, I'm happy about it. Like I'm, it's, it's fantastic.
0: I love the smile. I love the joy <laughs> when you revealed that I'm doing what I always wanted to do. This is Awesome. Sometimes people say, oh, life's great, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, your face isn't saying that, <laughs> but but your face did. You're like, relief. I went, through the, oh, yeah. I went through the hard times and I'm just
1: relieved to be in a space that I love. A hundred percent. I'm so, I'm just so grateful. Like, so like I told you about, or did I, I don't remember if I told, did I tell you about uh, who we had this week? We have, we have in our membership, we have people come in. Yeah, yeah one of the guys that we had this week was Jeff Brown. He has read the lead podcast. I used to listen to him in my podcast, like or in my cube when I would sit there. Right. And I would listen to him and he came and spoke to our group. Like I couldn't believe it. I was the whole time I'm sitting there grinning and just thinking and kind of praying and having this conversation with God. Like I can't believe this is what I get to do now. And I'm so, so grateful. I am just filled with this gratitude and joy that I just can't really explain, but it was it was an amazing kind of moment for me to know that, okay, God brought me through all this stuff and then here we are. Uh, so I'm optimistic about the future, but I I, just, I think you have to go through that, right? We have to You have to go through it in order to find who you are. So I guess maybe all that brings me back to the point of finding yourself in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things I thought I had to do uh, in order to be a pastor, in order to be a, you know, I got all the education and all that stuff. But I never really wanted to do all this stuff. I don't want to marry anybody. I don't care. Like, whatever. Okay, fine. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do funeral, like all that stuff that pastors do. Maybe spiritual direction I would have enjoyed, but that's not the way God made me, right? And that's okay. And He kind of protected me from that. And I had to give up all that stuff in order to become the person He actually wants me to be. That's awesome when you reflect back and you're like, ah, got it. Yeah. Got yeah. it. I was
0: protected, I was directed, right. I was being led.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, so friends, if you're there right now, like if you are in a place where you feel like, ah, you know, I don't want to be here, stick to it. Right. And, and see, keep asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? Where are we going? And he may say for a really long time, wait. Remember Moses had like 40 years in the desert, right? He was literally in the desert. I know I had at least nine years where I was, I felt like I was exiled. I felt like I was not where I was supposed to be. And it bugged me. You know, I always had that thing of like, ah, this is not, I'm wasting my life. I remember I, in 2013, I had a ton of panic attacks with that. And that was the theme. I'm wasting my life. What am I doing with myself? Right. But it, then it was one step after another to get kind of.
0: I remember when I had a big career change and I had that feeling. Yeah. Know, my heart was beating 120 beats a minute all the time. Right. Yeah. There was yeah. No going to sleep at night. It was wheels spinning all the time. And that's a, that's a tough one. We've got a guy in our membership or in our Facebook community, and he's going through that right now. So yeah. I won't mention his full name, but Hey, Jay, if you're listening, <laughs> uh,
1: listen, dude, it gets better. Like seriously, keep asking those questions. And, you know, this is where I think certainly you need community, right? You, you need and you need to go to scripture, but you need to develop your relationship as well with the Lord and ask him, what are you doing here? What are you, what do you want? Where, where are we going? And sometimes you'll feel comfort and sometimes you'll hear nothing and you'll be like, what's up with that. But if you keep going back over and over again, the Lord is faithful and he will at the right time lead you where he wants you to be. Yeah. You got to take some time to ask the questions and to listen and communicate. It's it's so rare. Like, I don't know about you, but nobody ever taught me to do that. Right. Like, like that listening to God is so, at least in in my circles, we were very heady, right? So we would say we, we believe all the right things, but then we don't experience all the right things, which is why my show is about experience, right? I want, I want to hear those experiences. I want to hear when God spoke to you. I want to hear when, you know, you should have died in a car crash. I got one of those coming up soon, but the -hmm. Lord saved her, right? Like, and she's, she is, that changed her life, right? I want to hear those because I think it, it, it encourages us, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. My my eight-year-old, you're talking about listening. My eight-year-old says, dad, kind of tired of talking to God, (laughs) right? Yeah. So what do we want to do as guys? We would just want to tell direct, you know, shut down. So instead I said, oh, no kidding. Tell me more about that. Yeah. And she says, well, I keep talking to him and I don't ever hear him say anything to me. I said, well, you know, how often are you talking to them? You know, we just have a conversation. She's like, so what do I do about that? Like, I'm frustrated. I'm like, it's oh. a great question. Have you asked God? She looks at me and she's like, well, I guess I'll do that. I guess I'll do that.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: And it's like, rather than correct or, you know, direct or point my finger at her or any of that, I'm like, I'm just going to listen to her and allow her to come up with some conclusions and I'll guide her a little bit. I'll ask her a few questions, but yep. let her, let her work her way through that and, you know, probably share a story with her, you know? And yeah. I, and I did, I said, Hey, I remember when I was your age and I remember yeah. having the same kind of feeling. It yeah. felt like a, a one-way communication. And we knew what we believed and we are trained up, but at the same time, if God's not talking back to us or we're not listening and able to hear I'm like that's a big deal, but I left all that, you know I just yeah yeah told her hey I remember I remember when I was there also and I've been there too and I remember being frustrated at all just like what you're describing yeah oh you too dad absolutely like right. we're doing this together yeah but,
1: but how powerful is it to to say to your kid I, it's, I love the spiritual direction that you're giving her there like because you're teaching her that this is normal right this is yeah. how it goes. And then letting her come to her own conclusions, like, oh, okay, that's it. You know, just asking questions. So good. And she'll probably never forget that, you know, and the the probability is that she'll have an experience with the Lord later. And she'll be like, oh yeah, okay. And she'll never forget that. And she'll never, you know, that those experiences that we have imprint on us, right? Like they, they, those are the reasons, some of the experiences I've had are some of the reasons that I don't become an atheist some days, right? Like, because I know that God is real. I know that he is. And so I go back to those and we have seasons, but it's okay. It's okay. Cause that's just normal. So I love that. Thank you. Did you tell her to listen? Did you ask her to like, just ask the question and listen? Like, did you, did you give her that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I sure hey. did. I sure did. Yeah. And
1: she's, she's, yeah, I listened. Yeah. I listened. That's good. Cause I, in my experience growing up, prayer was always just intercession right? It, that, and yeah. that was it. There was no sense of listening at all. And so that's, that took me a long time. I would say I went to college to learn to study the Bible and seminary to learn to pray because that was in my spiritual formation stuff. We, we started doing some of that, you know,
0: that's funny. That's a question that's been showing up a lot lately. People have been asking me how to pray. Yeah. And another question that's come up and I'll throw it to you is, have you heard God speak to you? I, I'm certain I know the answer, but yeah. Rather than assume, I'll let you answer
1: that one. Yeah, absolutely. So like I, like I said, that one time when I was driving and God said, I think you know what to do. I was like, oh, I do. I mean, And I did. I just like it resonated, it resonated in my heart. I'll tell you another story, though. And this is probably an indication that like the direction I thought I was heading was not correct. So when I was in school and seminary, my last year, maybe preaching. I was so uncomfortable preaching my first sermon. First of all, they gave me kind of a lousy passage. And so I blame them. We were preaching out of James, which is so hard because it's so disjointed in places, you know, like, it's not like a, a story. It's not like a, you know, so it was like these, all these disjointed themes. I'm like, I don't know how to make sense of this. I could exegete it like nobody's business. Cause like my undergrads in biblical studies. Right. But trying to preach it was so hard. And so I preached it. My dad was there because they said you could bring somebody. I said, okay, he came. And I just bombed it. Like it was terrible. And I felt oh, no. so bad. I just felt so horrible. Like I can remember the feeling in my gut, like, whoa. And so that night I was just so much anxiety. Just just I couldn't, I could barely sleep. Got up in the middle of the night. It was in I was just sick, literally sick. And I'm praying and I'm going, God, if I can't preach, what am I gonna do? what do you want me to do? Like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do this? And he said to me, well, you weren't very good at taking phone calls at first either. And because, and I laughed, like, I just was like, oh my gosh, because the first, at the time I was in customer service and I could take a hundred phone calls a day in a 10 hour shift, right? Like I could, I could just take so many phone. I knew within about four words of when people would come on the phone and start talking. I knew what their problem was, how to fix it, and ready to go. Like I was, I was, I was training people. Like I was the That's could, awesome. Right. I knew what I was doing. And he just was like, yeah, well you didn't know how to do that very well at first either, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. You're right. So it just takes practice. It just takes time. And so for a long time after that, less now, but for a long time after that, if I knew it was the Lord speaking, if it was funny, right? If he made me laugh. okay good um which was which is really sweet in a lot of ways yeah so i i didn't always believe that god did that but now i think if he doesn't do that we probably need to spend some time listening instead and asking him to because this is part of the life he's promised right yeah so sometimes people answer that
0: question with or when they ask me that question you know is it signs is it the wind is it you hear something in a song and yeah any of those type things i'm like yeah it's all for me it's all those things
1: i hear it all kinds of different ways and i think that can happen right so there there are all kinds of you it can be an impression some people get pictures some people get words uh some and i'm a little envious of those people who like constantly have this word thing back and forth with with the lord that's not exactly it. it for me it tends to be occasionally it is but it tends to be more of a feeling. And in the last couple of years, it's been like this, like a tingling down my neck, you know, when I know yeah. the Lord is there, which is really interesting. And I'm always a little like, is that really? But like, for instance, one time we were praying, we had, um, we were in a small group. There was a couple there that had trouble getting pregnant and we were praying. I didn't even pray out loud, but I just started praying for them because I, I felt led to. And um, I felt this like literally head to toe tingling sensation i always say it's like a zebra because it was like back and forth you know like it's hard to describe yeah, but yeah literally head to toe super intense really like i it was like your foot being asleep you know but like really but all over head to toe like, yeah yeah and i was like okay and i just kept praying for them and i was i was aware of it but trying not to like focus on that and then i kept praying for them literally within i think a month they were pregnant and they have a, they have a baby today oh now I'm not saying I did that, like, you know what I mean? But I, I don't know if it was just the Lord, like, Hey, I want you to pray. And I, so I did. And I just had this sensation. I was like, okay, I was confident then. I think I was going to do something like, you know, uh, and he did. So I haven't even shared that with them. Like, they don't know that that, wow, no Because no I didn't want to do that. Like when they were praying, you know, like, right. Just let that be. But so that's, so I'm trying to learn to trust those things. Right. And go, okay. What does that mean? I don't know. So when you just talked about
0: confidence that God would do something. Yeah. How big can you have confidence that God's going to do something? (laughs) Well, okay. Not big enough that I would tell them.
1: (laughs) 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 Right. Like like I didn't, I wasn't like, Hey, guess what? You guys are having a baby. Cause I don't like That's just not part of my grid. And I didn't, you know, I I know stories of people who uh, we have some other friends who were, you know, Uh, Not able to have children uh, for some medical reasons, and people prophesied over them, right, that they were going to get pregnant, and it was such a huge disappointment. And I was not willing to to try to go there, but I don't think you have to. Yeah, I don't think you have to. I I think just trust and just wait and see. I think is probably that might be the theme of my spiritual life: wait and see. (laughs) You know,
0: slightly joking, but I like to be humorous with God also.
1: So I'm like, no, that that's kind of between me and G. That's right. Totally. (laughs) Exactly. And and it's okay. And so, you know, for me to just go, oh, that totally happened. That's that's super cool. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes I have
0: like I'm working on upper limit things. Yeah. So can I believe that God'll do that? Right. And I believe you know, it's like, oh man, that's a big one. I don't know. Yeah. Of course he can, logically. Right. But then getting that in my head and getting convicted around it sometimes is a challenge.
1: Well, theologically, like it's one thing to know something theologically, it's another thing to know it experientially, right? Yeah. Now, experience isn't always everything. Like we know that the Jews went through the Red Sea and they still complained and they still were like, let's go <laughs> back, right? We can have experiences <laughs> and they're not forever. Now, that one blows me away. I know, right? Well, I mean, they were hungry. Like, I get pretty mad when I'm hungry, too. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I mean, that's, that's okay. So you want to go back and be slaves.
0: Right, that yeah, is Why right. would you
1: do that? Don't do that. <laughs> uh, so it's experience isn't everything, but it's also not nothing. You know what I mean? And right. that's, that's where I, that's you know, my show, that's what I want to do is, is explain those, is share those experiences that people have i think they matter and i think there's a reason that so much of the bible is narrative to give us that idea of what does it mean to look to walk with god in this world and you know they do it imperfectly and we do it imperfectly and yet god is good and he ultimately gets his uh his purposes accomplished
0: so earlier time a little fear and then a little
1: failure also yep
0: and you've been through some failures. So, what, what's your thought on failure these days? Oh,
1: completely changed uh, for me. I am so grateful for some of the failures that I've had because they created a little bit more drive and a little bit more clarification, or I've added skills, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I thought it was a failure to work in a call center for ten years, but you know what I can do today? I can uh, listen to you, or I can. When I do interviews, I make my show notes at the same time, because yes. type and listen at the same time. I can ask questions. That's where I learned to ask a question and be quiet. Yes, ask a question and just be quiet. Let let people answer. And sometimes you have to leave an uncomfortable silence, and I learned that on the on the phones too. So there, you know, there's stuff like that. You know, I started three different things online before I found the one that really works for, for me, you know, I found, I tried blogging about Christians and politics and found I didn't have anything to say
0: really. And you, and you knew that was the thing probably when you started that
1: one, that this yeah. is, this I is like, it. I love this. I love <laughs> politics. I, no way. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I'm so grateful now. Right. <laughs> after, after the last five years that I wasn't in that world, cause it would have been hard. You know, I tried to start a thing for pastors, but I wasn't really a pastor. I didn't have any credibility. Right. <laughs> so uh, then I tried to do a thing where I was coaching, life coaching, trying to be a life coach. Everybody's a uh, life coach these days. I know, but I couldn't figure out my life. Right. So that was kind of weird. But then I started a podcast about something that I knew that I was passionate about and then I was lonely. And so I started a group to, to, you know, bring people in (laughs) So to hear that. So it was lovely. I did. I was just solving my own problem, right. To bring people in. And, and that's what we did. And so it's, the group has grown. I remember being thrilled when it hit 500 people and now we're over 2000 and we're going to, you know, I think in, by middle fall this year, we'll probably hit 3000. So that's amazing, right? Like I, it's, it's growing we have the membership. Uh, podcasters join. We're doing events, and I could—could could I have imagined it? Yeah, but could I have imagined how great it would be as we as we do it and as I serve other podcasters? No, I had no idea how satisfying and and proud I would be of it. So I'm so glad I went through all of those failures because on each one I picked something up. You know, like when I was a blogger about politics. University Press sent me a book called A Free People Suicide by Oz Guinness. And he talked about all kinds of things, uh, but he talked about kind of how character is shaped, you know, and that what matters is really character, not all the other things. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, how do you shape character? Well, that's why I have a story podcast today, right? Because I realized if you look at the people who are shaping our culture, they ain't doing it by telling people what to believe by and large. They're doing it by telling stories. Yes. So I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do then. I'm going to tell stories. And I love to tell stories. I can do that. Don't ask me to preach, but ask me to tell a story, ask me to, to start a conversation. Those two things I can do. And so it just kind of fit my personality. And I honestly think that's where we're going anyway. That's where our culture is. Absolutely. And, and it when you look back, it's always been about story. Always. Yeah. Always whether, been about story. Whether it was around the campfire, right? Yes. <laughs> of a, of a of the tribe, or you know, in books, whatever. Stories are how we communicate what we believe. And so that's so I was like, Oh, we got to do more of that. And in fact, I can do that.
0: I was a financial planner years ago, and early in my career, I was given a book called Story Selling. Oh, yeah. I was like, Oh, this is the dumbest thing ever. But I'll read it because I don't have anything else to do. Yeah, and I got into it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is great. Yeah. Why wouldn't you use story to help right. illustrate something? And I'm like, done, stories. I'm going to get good at having signature stories so I can always tell something about whatever right. it is so we can guide people in a direction, develop character, whatever it is. But you can take people on a journey with yep. a story and they're just all over it. So I'm like, I'm doing that.
1: I know I love it. I got the chance to mention that to Oz Guinness because I I Oh, that's awesome. I've interviewed him twice on my show and it was I was just like, again, like that's one of those moments of gratitude. I'm like, dude, your book set me in a whole new direction. He didn't anticipate that cuz that was not what he was trying to say in the book, but that's what I took from it. And he gave me a really great answer about character and and how that matters. So, it was cool.
0: Yeah, so those different things that show up in your life when you're on a whatever direction you're going and Yep. That's the, that's a key for you down the road. Another
1: one was questions. Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah. what I got from, certainly from the call center, but also from coaching. When I took coaching yes. training, I learned how to ask questions. And honestly that revolutionized my social media too. Cause I, I share some things, but mostly <laughs> I ask questions. Yes. And I, I get people to talk about themselves and people love to read either snoop on other people and read what they're saying about an answer. Right. Or, they love to just answer it and tell, tell how they feel about something. And so I, I ask, try to ask questions that do those two things. And then when I share my podcast, more people will see it because uh, I'm developing that kind of cachet and, and on the platform and the algorithm. So I love it. And it just, um, you know, asking a great question can open up people in, in ways that you never expect.
0: So there's some keys there. Translate this to everyday dad life. A lot of us,
1: Mm.
0: Even our wives or families. I were lonely, especially through COVID. Now yeah. we're coming out of that. And I hear that question a lot. How do we connect with others? Well, it's oftentimes questions. Yep. And oftentimes getting them to share their stories about whatever. And I love the story when you say, Who are you? Where'd you come from? And you get to hear that story from them really helps you connect. Something you said was lonely. Yep. So I created a group. Yeah. Inviting people into your story. And through that, you got to know their stories. So in regular life, create a group, start a soccer team, start a Bible camp, start a, you know, backyard playground, you know, Friday night, happy hour, you know,
1: on the, on your driveway or whatever, but create it. Yeah. Yeah. Lead that. And it's so much more. So that's like, that's actual leadership, right? It's not just like being the guy who stands up in front and tells people things. You're, if you're the person who just says, hey, let's get together, you know, that is leading people to start it. Like we, we just did a party for my wife. She just graduated with her bachelor's degree in organizational leadership. And I, I said to her two friends, hey, can you help me? <laughs> right. And you know what? They took off and they, they did it and they were so generous and it was amazing. And I made the meat and that was good. Like I barbecue <laughs> <laughs> and I cleaned the house and we're good. Right. Like but that was that was the way I led right and it worked so yeah and that's a great way of serving your wife yeah yeah and she was really excited about it we had we often have big barbecues in our backyard we, we're not quite there with covid and everything but uh we had a good i don't know maybe 30 people stop in over a few hours it was nice
0: yeah yeah but you got to do that event that you might not have been all that excited about right but then you got to participate in a way that you are excited
1: about we're able to serve everybody exactly yeah and i yeah, we have people who will cancel plans if I invite them to barbecue, so.
0: <laughs> nice, nice, that's great. Have you got any uh, any tips or anything you wanna leave with a audience of dads for leadership or just anything?
1: Yeah, I, I guess what I would say is embrace who you are, wherever, wherever, so that includes your circumstances, wherever you are, even if you're in a job that you don't love, uh, you're in a circumstance that you don't love, embrace that. You, the, first start, the first thing starts with admitting that that's where you are and knowing that, and then start to take steps from there. And don't, keep, don't quit trying, keep trying, keep going after things and ask that question. Well, is this really what resonates with my heart? You'll find yourself in ways that you probably didn't expect to let go of everything else and move forward in who you are. And the reality is when you do that, everyone around you is going to be happier. You know, like if if you are connected with who you are, your wife's going to be happier, right? Because you're not trying to be somebody that you're not, right? Your kids are going to be happier. You're not going to be grouchy because you have been holding it in all day, right? So keep after that.
0: So you mentioned appreciate. So I'll throw this at you. Appreciate
1: small things. Yeah. Where does that take you? Well, I love that verse in um, in, uh, Zechariah, don't despise the day of small beginnings. You know, like I started a Facebook group. It was tiny, right? We had we had a few people, um, and now it's it's a big thing. And so you just have to keep. You have to learn those skills. You have to do it little by little by little. And uh, if that's why you never quit, right? Because when you look back and you see how far you've come, you can see all that progress. But it hurts as you as you're taking that step. I've got this picture from this lake. My my buddy and I like to go fishing. We're gonna hike up to this little lake. And it's like, oh, it's a mile. I can do a mile. What, what, they didn't tell us it was a mile straight up, right? So <laughs> like we're hiking and I'm like ugh, every, you know, so often. And then I would have to look back and go, okay, we're halfway. I mean, there's a long ways to go up, but at least we, I can see where we've come so far. We've got this beautiful view of this other lake and it was, it was just, it was gorgeous. So be, be willing to kind of take some time with that.
0: Yeah. You were halfway there.
1: Exactly. Ooh, well done. Well
0: done. <laughs> You bet, you bet. But yeah, I I love that just appreciation. Uh, When I apply that to anything that's going on, today was just a a dumb day. I I went to a beautiful nature park area and I went running, kind of normal thing I do on Fridays. And there was a, doing my little cool down, just walking around, not paying attention to much. And I look over and I see this trash and it's about one foot away at the same level as the trash can. Yeah, (laughs) you're like, yeah. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. How did they get it right next to the trash can? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll go over there. I'll, I'll throw it away. And I'm like, well, I appreciate the fact that I saw it and it was close. And what I'm really appreciative of is the fact that I don't have to go seek out a trash can. There happens to be one right there. Cool. Yeah, Done with it. Well, I walk around a couple of trees and on the other side, I'll be darned if there's not another pile of trash. Oh no. Sitting right next to another trash can. Wow. Trash cans are empty. So it's not like they're over. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I get angry about it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'll be appreciative about that. There's another trash can right next to it. And I now have an opportunity to capture this one on a picture. Yeah. I'll share it on social media. I'll turn it into a story. I'll invite people in, get some comments. And then all of a sudden, from that, hey, what we do is we help clean and I'm going to share this with others. And appreciation. And I'm like, you know what? I'm even appreciative of the fact that the, there was a couple things on the ground that I was able to, I'm like, I'm thankful that I'm able to bend over so I can pick these things up and put them right. away. Cause some people can't. I know. Hey, yeah. As we and get older,
1: do. you know, the, that stuff gets harder.
0: And I don't think that was the case because of the kid's meal, but maybe the person who dropped it couldn't bend over and grab it to put away. I, I don't think that was the case, but maybe. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to appreciate this difficulty there you go. And the possibility of it. And just help us get through all this stuff that can get on us. Yeah. you know, Thank God. And so all the stuff we talk about really can be helpful as we're leading our family, as we're leading our friends, as we're being the influence for others. So leadership, I often look at as influence. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I always like to end with a challenge. Can you throw a challenge out to the guys, whatever's on the top of your mind
1: that you want to challenge men to to do something this week? Well, so let's do this. Ask God one question and then wait for the answer and see, see what he says. So I don't know what, what the thing is for you, whether it's career or family or, you know, just something in your own heart that you're trying to wrestle with. Find one really good question to ask the Lord, not a yes or no question and just see, and then just wait. And you might have to go someplace where it's quiet to do that, but ask the question and wait, maybe journal, maybe just take note of what you're feeling and kind of be aware of what happens, but, uh, do that. And the liberal director steps. That's awesome. I love that challenge. That is fantastic.
0: Guys come up with the greatest challenges for other guys.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you being on this episode of the journey of a christian dad and i appreciate what you do for the christian podcasters association and also just for the community in general and growing the kingdom of god thank you eric thanks dan it's fun thank you for listening to this episode of the journey of a christian dad podcast thank you guys for being a light shine that light out and let others see it with you guys part of this community it helps me be accountable to you guys helps me be accountable to myself